0: You're listening to The
1: Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. And welcome back to The Recovered Life Show. It is Monday, July 11, 2022. Christina Dennis, can you believe we're halfway through the year already?
0: I can. I really can. How are I, you doing, Damon it, Frank?
1: You know, you can. So you, it's uh-huh. time is not flying for you. It's crawling no. by is what you're saying.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. I just know, you know, this is the year my son's out of school. Everything turns upside down. And, uh, you know, it's just uh, it's been what I think is crazy is that the time confusion around the pandemic. You know, like that blows my mind that that was only two and a half years or that it lasted that long. It's very interesting. I think it's almost like I missed out on a year.
1: Well, you know what's interesting about the Recovered Life Show and about we dive into these topics. You know, we come to you every couple of of days here and we have a new topic and we're always talking about what's going on in our lives. And I find that July is a transitional period for me. Always has been, you know, look, the kids are getting out of school, usually in June, July, you're kind of like in the middle of the summer, you're not really close to the fall, you're right in the heart of it, right? And I think there's a lot of expectations. And I think people do trips or there's things that happen in July that don't happen normally throughout the year, like December, like holidays, people are getting together and stuff. Yes, July, I find July 4th and that whole thing. the the energy kind of shifts. And I know it does in LA because it's hotter than hell. Yes. Yes. Your your energy has to shift because it's 125 degrees.
0: So true. And that, I mean, uh, prior to the invention of air conditioning, yes, this was true. People stayed out of the elements not to, I mean, we're not that old. But it is amazing, you know, the the nature of the world. uh, A lot of addicts are very sensitive to energy. And so I think that July can be kind of one of those months. We talked about it last week when we were Mm -hmm. talking about workaholism. Are you a little uncomfortable? And July is kind of sleepy
1: for us over here in Orange County. Absolutely. Absolutely. And people do sometimes put a little pause on work and they do Mm -hmm. plan a vacation in, you know, in mid July or so. So it's a, you know, we've got an interesting topic today, Christina, Yes, because, you know, speaking of kind of time and relaxing, we've been talking about things in, in the, on the recovered life show that normally people don't talk about. Maybe they'll skirt a little bit. They'll say, I'm not happy in a 12 step Mm group. Maybe maybe they'll go that far or I feel uncomfortable about something, but they won't come in and say, Hey, I I have a hard time relaxing. Or I don't know in this case, what my passion is. Like everybody's talking about passion. What is my, how do I find my passion in recovery? But that's the kind of unique stuff that we do here on the recovered life show.
0: I feel like you're describing rudderless and how that can feel like we're floating before we though before we get into it I want to thank everybody who ha- has continued to like share follow Uh, us we so appreciate your support make sure you leave a comment let us know what you'd like to talk about um also join our community we have a full-on awesome community off of the podcast you can find it at recoveredlife.us you can join completely free become part of the network use the network to connect with people we talk about these kinds of things further on that app, and on an app called Volley. And so I really hope that people will also join that and let us know what your thoughts are. Um, lots yeah. of free content over there, lots of exclusive information, free coaching, and you just get to meet a lot of people. So make sure you visit so that.
1: Important. It's great because as soon as you become a member on Recovered Life, we invite you to the Volley community. Right before I went on today, right before we started the show, I sent a Volley to somebody on Recovered Life. So we use it all the time. We're constantly interacting. And if you feel that you need to be part of a bigger recovery community, Recovered Life is for you. Christina, I'm telling you, this is exciting. You can even see I'm hitting my mic here. We're talking about how to find your passion in sobriety. And I have to tell you, when we first discussed this topic, I said, really? Are we going to yeah. talk about passion? Yes. A little yes cynical. I, a I little wanted cynical. to
0: talk about the cynical part of this because if if you are, I mean, when I first got sober, I these kinds of comments, these kinds of conversations, I used to want to run from them because I didn't understand how I didn't even think I had the option to find it. And I and I thought they were too squishy, too emotional. I kind of prized myself in black and white thinking. And of course, now I can be really compassionate toward that, Christina, because that was how I was surviving. But yes, yes, it's important that you find out what your passion is. It's important. And I think it's important to talk about what exactly that means. You know, uh, there's a lot of literature out there there are a lot of life coaches out there. There are a lot of people saying this is how you find it, but I'm dying to know Damon if you think you have a passion and what it is.
1: I do, you know, but I will tell you, I thought about this because I thought, wow, um it's a little too like granola bar for me, honestly. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you because I find, you know, I'm one of these people that I, I, you know, I'm all about action. So I'm mm-hmm. like going, yeah, we'll just find it and just start getting into action. But that's right. not necessarily true with, with passion right now. I'm going to tell you something. I don't think I, I was confused about this in early recovery. Right. And I think I was misled because I thought I had to find a passion. Yes. like Aquatic sea turtles is my passion. Exactly. For, Knitting is my pat. Right. And, and I found that I do believe it is important in recovery because I think if you don't have something that drives you, Mm
0: -hmm. I think you're going
1: to get boredom. And if you hit boredom and your life isn't, if you can't fill your life with enough excitement, internal excitement about being optimistic Mm -hmm. about life, that eventually it's going to put you in a bad position where you could drink and use again. I do, I do feel that. So I think it's important to find it, but here's what I'm going to say about it to answer your question. Yes, I believe that I have found my passion, but I believe that that's been many things over the course of being sober. I've been passionate about horseback riding. Uh I've been passionate about work projects. I've been passionate about family projects, right? And things I'm doing. I've been passionate about a lot of things. I don't think it's one thing necessarily. I, for me personally, I feel like I've been, since I got sober, the day that I got sober, I've been in a constant... Um, how can I say reinventing myself? Yes, uh, stage. I'm constantly reinventing myself, and that's a good thing, by the way. And yeah. passion is part of that, Christina. So I think the answer is yes, I have, but it's been many things.
0: Yes, yes, and and isn't that? I mean, I I was curious. I, I maybe should have done a little search about what the turn of phrase is and what it actually means. To me, being passionate is more important than. A passion, you know, it's that verb, and I think that's what you just described. And when we numb ourselves off, that's the problem with selective numbing. It 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 dulls passion too, right? It yeah. dulls that zest for life. And there's also, I know for me uh, in particular, my passion has to do with uh, telling the truth and healing you know, healing. So autism advocacy. That was a period that I spent a good 10 years helping other people that got new diagnosis. It's obviously about recovery. It is obviously about codependency recovery in particular. And I have different levels of how it feels. I love Prince, you know, the artist Prince, he used to say that his he was an instrument of increase for others. And, you know, that was his passion. Now, you would have thought music was his passion, but actually creativity was his passion and the yes. increase of others. And I think that's a really cool way to think about it. What are you here on this earth to do?
1: Well, this is interesting because I think that um, I call this world class skill in my coaching. You know, Uh I do a lot of accountability coaching, high performance coaching, and I think everybody has a world class skill. I will tell you something I have found a pattern, though, with people in recovery. Really? That it always has to do with service for the most part. Serving others or being of service is this magic molecule that's mixed mm-hmm. into what your world-class skill might be or your passion might be that yes. really catapults uh, people in recovery to new heights and new levels. I always find that to be, and so, and that's with me too. It's like, whether it's recovered life, I'm very passionate about recovered life, right? Yes. Um, and I, I like it because it's helping other people, right? And that's, so this whole thing of being service, but I've had other businesses I've been really passionate about and hobbies I've been passionate about. And many of them do come down to that service molecule, being able Absolutely. to help other people or being of service for other people in an area that they maybe have a hard time being of service for them and themselves.
0: Agreed. And then, you know, throw in some codependency. And boy, do you have to learn, you know, your value system and you have to learn about boundaries and all kinds of things, because some people might be listening and saying, well, wait a minute, Damon's saying be of service. And Christina is always talking about not over serving. And it might seem really confusing. The other thing that you brought up that I think is really important for people in life Um and in new sober life, new recovery life, is to uh, think of life as an experiment. To continue to be curious, I think somebody's passion could be that they are a lifelong learner. And you know, I would love to say that I feel like I'm passionate about that too. Um, so even if you, I, I hope people will think before you know they start looking at their own self, putting themselves under a microscope or whatever, that they will think about the fact that we're not saying that your passion has to be what you do for a living.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, let's also clarify this too, because when we say how to find your passion, we do this a lot in coaching is that people will come and they feel that they're not living their best recovered life. And they'll often say to us, Christina, they'll often say like, especially on breakthrough, right? They'll Mm -hmm. say, Hey, I need to have a breakthrough and find my passion. And I think a lot of people are confused. And one of the things I've learned about, about passion is it's not a destination. So like my, if somebody will say, well, my passion is cars. Like we talked about your son really loves loves cars, right? Mm -hmm. So like the passion might be cars, but it's not necessarily building the perfect uh, model car or restoring a car or buying a perfect car or driving a car. It's a passion. It's the more the art of doing not a destination. And, and I always tell people that if they don't know what they're passionate about, find something in the day that they can play full out in. Yes. Okay? Find something in the day. And that might be just about like taking out the trash or making their bed or d- cooking dinner for something like maybe It's like, yeah, I don't mind cooking dinner. Okay. Well, Dive into it a little bit more, put a little bit more emotional energy into it. Enjoy the fact that you're doing it, right? Look at all the ways that you've been able to do it. It's a mindset. I really think passion is a mindset, just like I think recovery is a mindset, right? Yeah. It's a state of being. If you're if you're if you're a passionate person, you will find excitement and, and life and almost anything that you do.
0: Absolutely. And you know, we have. We have so many opportunities once we get into physical sobriety. And some of those opportunities may be very, very scary. I know they were for me. And so it's important for you to step back. And if you feel like you're not living a life that has passion in it, to really do a little inventory about where you're spending your time. And just a, just a little 30-minute exercise a week, because I'm all about giving actual activities for people to change that mindset, could be taking some time to see, uh, you know, what did you used to do pre-drinking? What were the things that lit you up before you started drinking? <clears throat> what did you like to do in uh, when you were a child? What was you know some of your ideas of creativity? I love the artist way as and their their weekly commitment of taking themselves out on a singular date alone just to check out new places and look for inspiration. I think that's a great place to start.
1: It is important. I think, you know, the thing is about finding passion. I think one of the things that I've learned, one of the things that I've learned in coaching that has Mm -hmm. been a breakthrough for my own personal life, right? And that's just by having coaches and people in my life like you and Mm -hmm. other people that I look up to that are doing the deal is so much of the alcoholic plight in recovery, I'm going to say, so much of the dis-ease is the being trapped in your mind That if a people, place, or thing comes along, if only a different situation comes along, then things are going to be different and then I'm going to be different. As opposed to the philosophy of, wow, life is perfect exactly the way it is, even though it has sorrow and disappointment and whatever. But right here and right now, I'm going to experience it and play full out. This is a this is a this is a whole mindset shift, Christina. And yes. this is where I see people including myself catapult. When I learned how to drop this bullshit dialogue
0: of mm-hmm. only
1: if this is better and that's better and if they did what I said that they were going to do then this would be good, this whole thing that lives in our mind, when I was able to embrace okay, right here right now, I'm living in a place I don't want to live. I'm, you know, have a job I don't like. How do I play full out in that and show up in that so my passion then will find me? And I found that to be the case. As soon as I was able to let go of all that BS thinking,
0: Mm -hmm. the passion,
1: either I was more than passionate about numerous things.
0: So, so true. And lining with your value system is something that we learn in 12 steps when we do a four step inventory. But it's an exercise that people need to do either with a coach or or find a method where you really figure out what your value system is, and then you can show up every day, as you say, playing full out and orienting, focusing on this part of your life. You know, once we break free, you're right, it is bullshit mentality where we think that we are trapped and that if that other person would just do what they want, you know, if I could get married, if my parents hadn't done this, that's not true grieving. That's an excuse. I believe in true grieving. Whenever you've had trauma, I believe in feeling it and moving on from it and making, you know, that that actual grieving process can expand you so that you can enjoy just as much.
1: Well, absolutely. You know what? I want to dive into some things that you've done in your life to ignite your passions. I want to I want to share some stuff as well, because I think it's in I, I think it's important because mm-hmm. I, I know I have been in a place Where I have not, I've felt like I've lost passion or it's a doldrums or life just is not fun, right? We talked about the importance of having fun. I want to dive into the specifics of this about how you can ignite the passions that you've got already, right? To a bigger, fuller level and how you can play more full out. Let's dive into this, Christina, after this quick break. If you are newly sober, trying to get sober, or you've been sober for decades and are looking to take your sobriety to the next level, the Recovery Breakthrough 6-Week Transformation Concierge Coaching Program might be right for you. Have Damon Frank and Christina Dennis build a custom roadmap to get you on the path to getting what you really need. Receive hands-on concierge coaching and stay focused and productive with our daily check-ins. If you're ready to experience your recovery breakthrough and start the journey towards the transformation you deserve, book a free get-to-know-you call today and find out what is possible in your recovery. To find out more about Recovery Breakthrough and to book your free call, go to RecoveredLife.us. That's RecoveredLife.us.
0: You're listening to The Recovered Life Show.
1: So in this episode, we're diving into how to find your passion and sobriety. Where we left off, Christina and I were talking about that, you know, passion's not necessarily one thing. It's not necessarily no. destination. It's an attitude, right? So let's dive into this, Christina. How do you, when you're working with people or in your own life, how did you find a place to find out what you're passionate about and then start taking action on that?
0: Absolutely. Well, I, I will tell you um, that about age 36, 37, you know, my son was diagnosed. I was doing everything I could do to help him. I was an advocate. I really felt like if I gave, gave, gave that somehow he would be better. You know, I still believed in that cosmic you know, negative checks and balance system. Um, And since then, you know, obviously, I wasn't in acceptance. But I remember, uh, you know, through my own coaching, and through other people, really sitting back and saying, what is the one thing that I would want to do, whether I was paid for it or not, whether, you know, how would I want to spend my life, And I took some time really thinking about it because I had done very well in corporate world. Um, I had, you know, been very well compensated for it. Then I was helping with uh, recovery clinics for autism and doing that. But I still knew that I wasn't living in my true self, which is what I equated to my passion at that time. And I remember sitting down and taking agency With my thoughts and feelings and becoming incredibly self-aware and knew that the moment I felt the best was when I was sitting across the table or across the screen from somebody else who was healing and becoming alive, that nothing made me feel more alive than watching that other person grow and feel alive. And so even though autism was near and dear to my heart, you know, helping families, uh, sobriety is very near and dear to my heart. It was that personal growth, growth, that personal breakthrough that I knew I would have to be doing for the rest of my life. And that's when I made a decision to become a full-time coach and i've never looked back it has been one of the best things for me but not everybody has that same thought not everybody does it turn them on and so i want people to kind of decide that you're going to start doing some research and staying very very open to me it was a very spiritual experience where when i asked through two-way prayer I started seeing everything light up when it yeah. came to this career.
1: It's so important, you know. Like I know for me, I'm—I've said it a lot of times on the show. I'm a builder. I'm a catalyst. Mm-hmm. I know that that's my role. That that's where I always shine. And anytime yes. I try to fool myself that that's not it, and going into something else, it never really works out like I think it was. It's going right, out, right. So I've learned over the years that me being in a builder and catalyst type of role is better for me. I, I really dislike the day in, day out minutiae of stuff. Like that's just not, that, that just for me, I don't shine as well there, right? Sure. Um, I can do it. I've learned how to do it because in life you have to learn how to do things. But, you know, it's interesting that the one thing that I've learned with this, and I'm going through this right now, you know, my, uh, my daughter has a project that we've been working on as a family to help yes. her get to the school. And we have been working on this thing for, as a family, off and on, more on lately, for four years, right? Wow. And it's mm-hmm. been a dream that she's wanted to do. And we're coming to the end of this. We see we're coming to the end. And it was interesting, like when we were on vacation, we were having this conversation. We're saying, we're coming to the end of this thing, right? And I've yes. been very passionate and helpful. And I've used my skills that mm-hmm. are my world-class skills and my passion to help in this project, as well as other members of my family, right? Have used their skills. But it's interesting because I noticed that I'm now okay to let this go because I know that these world-class skills and passion all walk on to another passion because yes. I have, like you said, more self-awareness, right? So yes. now I feel like I could have three or four passions. Recovered life is one of them. I'm super right. passionate in growing recovered life, reaching people, helping people. And you know, when you and I first start uh, spoke, Christina, mm-hmm. you were super passionate about the autism thing. Yes. Right, and you were now really getting into the recovery thing, and uh, you know we had nothing. We we were doing absolutely nothing. Now we've got six or seven days a week of content. Yes, uh, going on, and that came just from us being passionate about it. And there are things that we learn. And you know, the one thing I want to say here is I think people are afraid of their passion when they identify it. They they look in the door and they go, "Oh no, not that," because they see all the things they don't have to make that a reality. And they shut the door. I had no idea how to produce this much. Like I had no idea about some of this stuff, but we learned, like we learned. The passion was able to carry us through and we learned.
0: It is so true. And having that flexibility, which we talk a lot about. I talk a lot about that with my clients. You know, there is a book, uh, Big Magic, uh, that Liz uh, Elizabeth Gilbert wrote. She wrote Eat, Pray, Love. But in Big Magic, she talks about her writing and she made a decision that in the beginning that her writing was she was never going to make her passion responsible for her living right she wasn't going to put the you know in order to to write she wasn't expecting to make money out of it and i you know read that book several years ago and really thought about that and that made me realize when somebody says to you what is your passion are you already thinking about in the lens of, well, I, I I can't do that. I'm not an artist or that's not how I make money or I still have to go to this nine to five job to support my family. You can have a passionate life and you can find your passion by taking the time to look at it and not expecting it to be permanent or something that it can't be. It's OK if it grows. Yeah. It is. Well, okay. Well, let's
1: be honest here. I'm going to say something not politically correct. Many people are weak and lazy. And they <laughs> I don't know if that has anything to do with true. politics. <laughs> no, no, look, it, no, but with, I'm talking about, I'm talking about with the recovery thing, right? Yes. Like we, we've we we found this is that many people when given the challenge, look, we know this from sober coaching. Most right. people don't get sober. This is the reality, mm-hmm. okay? Most don't. There's a lot of people that don't mm-hmm. get sober. A lot of people die of alcoholism, drug addiction. They live unhappy lives in codependency because they see it they're afraid of it they shut the door and they try to get through the day and the yes. days end up in a weeks weeks in months months up into years then decades then they're dead right yes and that that's the reality it's like it takes courage to live in passion it right. takes courage to get sober it does and people who and i love this because you and i talk about this all the time saying oh getting sober is easy Uh, yeah, I, I I don't think so. Uh, Mm -mm. you know, that hasn't been my experience that it's easy for alcoholics to get sober. That hasn't been my experience. It doesn't have to be hard, but I haven't found that it's like a cakewalk for people, right? It takes a lot of courage to do it. So I would say that people are at the door right now. Getting, staying sober or helping other alcoholics, right? But you're afraid, you're afraid of people. You're afraid. Just do it. Take the jump off the cliff. Nothing's gonna happen. The Mm -mm. only thing that's gonna happen is that you're gonna fail. And Mm -hmm. if you fail, that might be the best thing because it's gonna reignite you into greater success.
0: This reminds me can kind of be like put on that too. Well, I don't know, or it hasn't shown up for me yet. Go out and try something, right? Be committed, know your value system, You know know what you're willing to do and then, it, and then have the motto that you are going to be, like Prince said, an instrument of increase for others. Have your guideposts and go out and try a bunch of stuff. You're never too old. I'm 52, almost 53 years old. And I still know there'll probably be some career shifts and different experiences. I am counting on it. And so if you are in your 30s and your life isn't designed like you thought it would be, so what? You still have time. You still have sobriety. You still have the ability to go play full out, learn all these lessons, be a lifelong learner.
1: Look, some of the people who have made the biggest impact in my life are people that are over the age of 70. Some yes. of them got sober in their late sixties. Okay. Yep. So this whole thing, and some of them, might have more sobriety than they do. It doesn't right. matter. It doesn't matter. Nope. They're willing to play full out. The one thing that I've learned is that what you don't want to do is you don't want regret. And this is a thing that I think is so important. Look, we have a magical thing. If we're sober, if you've been able to regain sobriety, I'm going to say this, I'm going to make a bold statement. If you've been able to get through the first year, and then mm-hmm. you make it to five years. Yes. You, you, you don't even understand. Like, I think a lot of people don't even, they don't even give themselves enough credit for, I know I didn't give myself mm-hmm. credit enough for it is that mm-hmm. that is a huge friggin' deal that the n- amount and number of people that do that and fail is huge. So if you're able to do that, if you're able to get a year, if you're able to get five years, two years, whatever the, your capacity to be able to go out and do things and find your passion is massive. It's way bigger. There is no coincidence, Christina, that you see all of these top business people and performers, and you know people, world leaders that are in recovery. Yes, it's because we None. have the we have the capacity. We understand yes. what it's like to wade through things and be uncomfortable, and but but get there at the end of the day. Right? Yes. The average person does not have that. No, no. And they don't
0: have that gift or that pointed skill set, that expanding, that stretch, this thing that scares us. I don't want to have to stretch. I don't want to feel uncomfortable is actually the gateway to a beautiful life. And two of my favorite people in this world that I follow, and I know a lot of people follow them, Brene Brown and Glennon Doyle, are sober people. Uh, A lot of the people that I find out after they say something that kind of reminds you of sobriety. And I think, of course, because they know what it takes to stick to it and keep
1: trying. Well, you know, Christina, one of my trademarks as a coach is that I love people really immensely. I really care. Like, really, I really care about people. But I will tell you, I put people in super uncomfortable positions. And you know what? And because, because that is what it takes in order to really achieve greatness a lot of the times. And a lot yes. of the times that's what people are afraid of. They're afraid that they're going to get there and they're going to fail. And then mm-hmm. everybody's going to laugh at them. I love failure. Like for me, failure means that I'm one step closer to getting it, right? It Let, I, I could check that off the cosmic list. I'm not going down that path again. I'm going down this path now and the past gets stronger and, and wider look we've tried stuff with recovered life. we look back at now we go, oh, we wouldn't do that again. no but, but through those little failures, we've we've had great success.
0: It is absolutely and the same with relationships. A lot of times people that come to me because I work with couples as well, you know will feel this shame because they're having to work with somebody. I'm like, no, 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 this is a gift. This struggle is a real gift. You, This is testing your relationship. This is growing deeper, stronger bonds. Don't be afraid of the pain. Remember, you're the courageous one because you're showing up without anesthesia. And that, is, that is an amazing life lived.
1: I think the biggest way, I think we can answer the question how to find your passion in sobriety is don't be afraid. Step mm-hmm. past the fear and just start doing it. The passion will come to you. You don't have to worry about finding it. The passion's going to come to you.
0: Exactly, exactly.
1: This has been an amazing episode, Christina. Thank you so much. Um, I want to remind everybody that we have these deep discussions where it's not just Christina and I are talking. We're talking with you. And if you want to join those discussions, go to recoveredlife.us join the community. We've got four live discussions that Mm -hmm. we do on Clubhouse and we replay them here on the podcast every week. They're from codependency, how to get unstuck in sobriety. We set up people's sober week. We talk about our sober week, how we plan that out. We talk about neuroscience, which is an amazing room that you've got on Tuesday. So guys, if you are not participating in this, please do. And that's definitely a place that you're going to be able to find More important tips like this podcast here. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us today. That's going to wrap up Monday, July 11th, 2022. Everybody go out and live your best recovered life.
0: Keep the conversation going. Join Recovered Life, a community of like-minded people who are looking to live their best recovered lives. Membership is free and you can apply at recoveredlife.us.